0: Hey there. Welcome to The Breview, the Instagram live podcast where kendama news and culture is shared over the warmth of coffee. My name is Adam, but my followers know me as Cafe Kendama on Instagram. In the past 5 years of playing kendama, I've met quite a few amazing individuals, and I'm excited to introduce you to some of them. In this show, you'll hear their stories, the behind the scenes of kendama companies, and what goes on in the minds of some of the world's best kendama players. Because kendama is more than just a ball in a cup. So make sure your cup is full, and let's dive into this week's Breview. Good morning, and welcome to the Breview, the Instagram Live podcast experience where Kendama news and culture is shared over the warmth of coffee. My name's Adam, thank you guys so much for tuning in this morning. This is a really special episode. Uh, we're featuring Kyle, the head man behind the lathe at Evo Kendamas, and we're gonna be talking about his Kendama story as well as what goes into Kendama manufacturing from Tree to Ken. I'm really excited for this story because I don't know a whole lot about Kendama manufacturing, and I imagine that a lot of you guys are, are pretty unfamiliar with what goes into designing a Kendama. Where do you get your wood? Where do you get your supply? How do you even start manufacturing Kendamas at mass scale? I am really excited for this brew view, but what I want to know as we dive into this week's episode down in the chat, let me know what you are drinking this morning, because as always, this is a show shared over the warmth of coffee, so T-Gang, get out of here and let me know what you're drinking down in the comments. I am drinking, again, like last week with my interview with t with Jake Weens, I'm drinking a nice AeroPress, double-filtered. This is a Businde. It's from Burundi, it's a little country in Africa. Uh, really, really good beans. If you want to know more about this brew, uh, definitely hop into last week's episode on IGTV or go check it out on podcasting platforms, whatever your favorite is. Uh, what is everybody drinking right now? We got down in the chat, Peaches and Kareem with his iced tea. Uh, get out of here, man. This is warm coffee only zone. Uh, we got Boston in here. He didn't set an alarm, but he's still on time. I love it. Spiffy Toys, they are drinking tea today. Oh my goodness. What is all this tea? McDonald's ice caramel from Alex Willius. Uh, we got Boston drinking that French press cold brew. He's been working on that all week for the past couple weeks. Definitely go check that out on his story. Uh, you're gonna learn a lot about video and all these sorts of things and how to brew a nice cold brew in a French press. Uh, we got official deep purchase. He's got his house blend from his local shop, the Coffee Ethic. Yo, what's your local shop? Let me know down in the comments or DM me afterwards. Tell me your favorite place to go and get coffee wherever you are. I wanna know. A shampoo and conditioner, Dylan, he's got nothing fancy going on, just some Keurig donut shop pod with pumpkin spice creamer. That still sounds pretty good. El Cerato, Folgers dark roast in his cup. Citadel is in the house and iced is the way to go, Keegan. Oh man, all you people with your iced tea. Well, guys, we're gonna be diving into this week's episode here right away. As always, I wanna remind you that the best two ways to interact in the review is either A, by commenting down in the chat and just letting me know you're here, letting everybody else know what's going on. Uh, interact there, engage. Let me know if you're hyped by hitting that heart button. And then, secondly, uh, if you want to ask questions throughout the show, there's dedicated space in each episode to answer your questions. So pop those into the Q and A tool in the bottom. That's that little rectangle with the question mark, and put those in there. And we'll make sure to try and get to as many of them as possible. As the show has gained momentum, we have had so many questions coming in each week. So I try to get through all the best ones as possible. So make sure your questions are good. And we'll dive into this week's review here right away as I get Kyle in. If you guys can welcome him in here. This is his first IG Live. So this is super exciting for me and super exciting for him. And I'm just beyond stoked to host this week's review. Kyle, welcome to nice my guy. Dude, awesome.
1: I'm super pumped to be here.
0: I am just as excited that you are here. This is your first Instagram Live.
1: This is my first Instagram live. I've never really done anything like this before. So I'm super excited and pumped to see how it
0: goes. This is awesome, Kyle. I have had so many messages throughout the past week from people telling me, man, Kyle is one of the best guys I know. Ken Johnmo was telling me. uh, I got other guys like Slabraham, Lincoln. These guys are all DMing me being like, dude, Kyle's awesome. So I'm really excited to get to know you in this week's episode and hear so much more about what you do with Evo Kandamas and share a little bit about the little little package that I got in the mail from you just this week uh, that I'm super Excited. stoked on. Super Kyle, as we dive in every week in the review, I try to ask the same three questions to all my guests for a bit of consistency and to just warm things up. Uh, these are the three questions. What is your favorite way to drink coffee? And it's kind of a two part question. Do you drink coffee? I
1: do. Um, when I was younger, I never got into it. It surprisingly used to give me a really bad headache when I drank it and never okay. understood that. Yeah, but it seems like when I hit about 23, I started to really get heavy mm. into it. So I drink three or four cups a day. Um, I, I prefer it. it's hot with French vanilla creamer. That, that's just. Okay. No sugar. Yep. That's the way I do it. So Okay. Right so on. I'm, right, right on. I'm, I'm a.
0: Okay. Yeah, I do like a good latte. I like I like a good craft coffee where there's steamed milk involved, like a cappuccino, or a oh, latte, yeah. flat white, cortado, oh, yeah. you name it. I love it all. Um, mm. But typically, when I'm at home, it's just black, air coffee uh, that really? I get to make myself. So I'm stoked on that. Okay, second question. Uh, what is your favorite kendama trick? It doesn't have to be a trick that you've done or that you're good at, but the one that you enjoy the most to either see or do.
1: Probably anything lunar.
0: Anything lunar. Okay. I have awesome. been
1: fascinated you- with them since the beginning. I, I don't know what it is. I do them way too much personally. But when somebody does a really good consistent lunar line, to me, that shows a lot of control. And and that's what I look for. And that, that's really what I like. Is, is Oh, yeah.
0: Life. So... Go like i remember when i started kendama uh keith matamura who was a uh, kendama yeah. usa player he yep. posted a video on youtube i think of doing like 101 lunar flips in a row and i watched that whole thing and i was like man i can hardly pull up a lunar back then and still oh, wow. to do 100 lunar flips in a row is insane
1: that's yeah that's killer on your knees and in your thighs my legs would be on fire after that <laughs>
0: Absolutely, there's
1: no way I could do that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, my legs are on fire. I was just out at a jam yesterday with some guys, and oh my goodness, my legs are beat today. I, I but, saw
1: that. How did it go? How did it go? Oh,
0: so good. It was really, really good. Okay, third, third question. Uh, who is your favorite all-time player?
1: Probably Josh Kim.
0: Ooh, good I, choice. There's,
1: there's just. There's something about when he plays. I know that as soon as I watch it and it comes on that I'm gonna I'm gonna be blown away and his style, he's always so happy. Everything he does, he just you could tell it's pure joy. And 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 oh, yeah. I really, really like that a lot. And and I think he he's phenomenal. I mean the stuff he does is just unbelievable. And I've been playing for almost ten years now and the stuff he does is just incredible. So he is definitely probably by far my favorite.
0: Yeah, Josh Kim's insane. I really enjoy his play style. And and, I mean, he's the Yanks like champion of the world. Dude, Uh, when I
1: saw that at NACO, I I just couldn't believe it. Like in front of me, just one hour. Were you there? Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: We we must have not ever connected because I was there as well. I was at NACO this past year. So, you know, what? there's so many people people there. there. Yep. Uh, That is awesome. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining the review today. Uh, we have a killer conversation lined up. We're going to be talking a little bit about your Dama story, how you came into kendama, and what brought you to starting Evo Kendamas, and especially just like not even starting the company, but getting into turning wood. Uh, and then, and then in the later part of our conversation today, I want to dive into that process. What yep. actually goes into creating a kendama from from tree down to the ken, like how. Yep. How does that process work? Because you probably have incredible insight into that, especially as you've been doing that. And also, congratulations on your recent partnership with Pineapple Kindamas and doing a line of Spectrodamas for them. That was really cool to see. We got to feature Ryan Trostel on the review a couple weeks back, and we were talking a bit about that. So this is a really exciting conversation. It's kind of like part two of the, the Pineapple, Pineapple Evo yep. conversation. And so we got Absolutely. to hear the other side of it. Well, Kyle, um, as we dive in, I just want to remind those of you in the chat, whether or not you're tuning in today or afterwards, always DM questions in ahead of time. But if you're tuning in live, if you have questions that you want to ask throughout the episode, make sure you put them in that little Q&A tool at the bottom. That's that rectangle with the question mark. And we'll be sure to answer as many as we can in the dedicated time available today. But Kyle, are you ready to dive into this week's review? I'm ready. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, Kyle, I like to keep the first question real open and wide as we dive into your Kendama story and ask, what was your very first point of contact with Kendama?
1: Um, I was probably 17, 18. And my best friend actually went to Pitt College in Pittsburgh. And he got in contact with a gentleman, John, who surprisingly his cousins knew Colin Sanders at the time. Mm. And this was back before even Sweets was a company. I mean, I don't, I, I don't really even think Kuso was a company yet because you still had to order them from Japan. And right. they, they were the Azores. And my first one was a blue one. And my best friend had bought it for me. He had got into it in college. And I, I kind of messed around with it. And honestly, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that toy. I don't know if I have time to put into that. And over the over the years, I just tinkered with it and and got a little bit better at it. And then he got me my first one, and it was a blue Azora. and oh, classic! It was like just. And then I gave it away because I am a fair believer in giving all of my. Usually, like my first couple kendamas away. So my first kendama, I handed it down to my other friend Kyle, who got. Oh it no down. way! Yep. So it was a lot of cool and that was actually my first contact with it and we would go up to the city and we would play and there'd be like two of us and we would all have original Zoras, you know coming to japanese packaging everything yeah
0: your three finger length string yeah oh long.
1: horrible horrid like yeah <laughs> yes absolutely if
0: you were over three fingers i remember back in that time like if you had a if you had a string length that was longer than three fingers people would like people would come at you and they'd be oh, like, like bro you're cheating
1: so long like in now, and now it's and like anything, if you have less like, than never. six
0: fingers, yeah.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> same exact thing. It's like not nah, too short. I can't do anything with it. Even an earth turns like I'm afraid it's going to catch.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, it's crazy how, how crippled we all are when it comes yeah. to Kendama now.
1: But it was nice getting to be a part of that time in the beginning before Kendama really Started to dive into the sticky paints and the grippy paints, and Kendama was a whole new world back then, and it was so difficult. If you could do a lighthouse, that was like mm-hmm. that, it was incredible. And I remember thinking. It's two years after I started playing. I'm never going to land a lighthouse. Like the lighthouse will be something I will never be able to do.
0: Yeah. And if you hit that lighthouse flip, welcome to the 1%, oh, my friend.
1: It's icy. I mean, just running all over the place trying to yeah. catch it. And it. But it was an awesome feeling. And, and I, I'm glad that I was a part of that. So.
0: Cool. So how many years ago was that for you? That would have been. I just
1: turned 30 in April. Okay. And so, I started when I was, we'll say 18 is when so I. So really you've been it. playing
0: for about 12 years. <laughs>
1: consistently playing for skill level seven, maybe. Okay. So yeah, there was some years in between where it was kind of just, we, you know, we played with it occasionally. And, you know, if we'd be out having a few beers or something, we would, you know, we'd play. And that that pretty much was it. So.
0: Okay. Yep. Okay. Wow. That's really, really cool. So who would have been some of your original influences on Kendama back then? Whether or not it was like people around you or some of the people you would have looked up to during your Kendama journey?
1: uh probably like turner thorn Mm. was 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 a big one um definitely colin i mean the 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 og the original i mean nothing nothing beats colin Uh, i think he's he's incredible and he's always has been and always will be so um that that was that was pretty much it i really didn't know a whole lot about kendama honestly even companies and, and even the first time i heard i was like there's a pro at this i was like what what do you mean? Like, there's no way to a pro at this, and that was almost ten years ago. So,
0: yeah, you and know, now that's like commonplace. Is that in in especially like our North American cultures? Like anything we, we touch, it's like, okay, so who's the best in the world at it? Yeah, or who's the pro? And there's back back,
1: like,
0: or, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's all about competitive nature uh, in it. But it, that didn't used to be so much of the case oh. with Kanama. At least not back then. It was no, all about that. just progression
1: absolutely absolutely i mean it it was more of an of an expression and and i'm not saying that that has changed i think that is still a very prominent thing in kendama but yeah back then it was more or less a lot of people didn't know about it so you you didn't really have anything to follow you didn't not even necessarily a standard but you just it was whatever you could possibly think of and and Mm that was that was the joy of it so Mm.
0: so throughout that 12 year journey then of starting kendama to where you are now what what did you do outside of kendama and and where did the intersect come in where you started turning kendamas i'm kind of curious what your background outside of kendama is
1: believe it or not my background is more on the mechanics side I, i worked in parts stores almost my whole life um i've worked on cars forever and that you makes- want to come work on mine because mine is
0: falling apart
1: <laughs> unfortunately they all are and I hate them but um <laughs> but no that's uh that's pretty much where I came from I had no prior woodworking experience at all I've always been kind of good with my hands and and being able to break things down and understand how they work yeah. and build things but i I had no no prior woodworking no prior lathing experience or anything and <laughs> we me and my best friend we played for years, and we said, hey, I wonder wonder what it takes to make one of these. kid can, can, can these be made? And we did some research and figured out that it would have to be made on a wood lathe. And at that time, nobody was doing that. Um, I think Tara was kind of starting to get to that point, um, but I don't even believe then they were actually doing hand turns. And uh, it, it's all been self-taught, and it's been a very long journey and a lot of fun. And I would recommend it to anybody, hmm. honestly. I mean, and and if you want to learn how to lathe, do it. It is incredible. It's dangerous. Be careful. Do your research. But it it is – there's nothing like it. I mean, just putting headphones in and just making something out of a block of wood is just –
0: Huh.
1: It, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, I, was, I so I was up in Edmonton uh, just this past weekend, hanging out know, with my sister and her brother-in-law when I was going to that jam. And my brother-in-law, uh, he does he does woodworking. He's a carpenter by trade, um, okay. but he mostly does like house building. And so he okay. never works on a lathe. And I was asking him about it, and he's like, "Oh, lathing is is way scarier than any other type uh, yeah. of woodworking." Is I that is that, that true? Times,
1: yes, from from actual full blown woodworkers that have been doing it for thirty years, they're like, "Oh wow." I I won't run a wood lathe. And I'm like, really? I'm like, it's, I I guess it's just, I don't know. To me, it, it, you know, it was scary at first, but I I was more intrigued with learning it that I just, I took my time, I did my research and it paid off in the end. And Mm. it's a beautiful thing. I love it. And it has opened the door to more woodworking for me. I have made some like salad bowls. Um, Mm. I actually want to start making uh pull cues for like shooting. Oh, cool. Yep, yep, yep. Um there's a lot of things that I really want to start getting into. And it's it's just been over the ten years of, of doing it, I've I really wanted to learn more and I've wanted to to expand my, you know, mm. my abilities with it. So it it's a beautiful thing, man.
0: Yeah, that that is really cool. So okay, taking back a little bit of time in history to your very first turn Dama. What was it like turning your very first kendama?
1: Oh, man. Uh, did it well, go well we, or
0: did it go terribly? It,
1: well, it, it looked like a Kendama that would have been made on Minecraft, it, <laughs> it, if that makes any sense. So there was, like, no – the start, it was on a small, uh, like, the, the toy brand. I think it's Mattel or something. Uh, they made toys back in the day. It was on a little wooden toy lathe that my uncle had gotten as a child. And it was meant to turn like little tiny pieces of like bass wood, real soft wood. And that's actually what we used. And that was the first one I turned on. And it it eventually broke while I was making it. So it, it wasn't a full kendama. But um, surprisingly, the next one after that was almost a legit TK style shaped. I wish I had it here. It, it's I have it packaged away. Um, oh, no way yeah and it was all out of basswood so it's very light and it's not clean and it's not very smooth or looks good but
0: yeah yeah but it's history
1: part, for my first one i was just like i can't believe this maybe this could actually happen like maybe i could make this work with time so that was the first okay. part, and it was it plays i i will tell you what it plays and it lunars it will lunar
0: okay whoa okay so okay take me back a little bit into that journey uh starting that first lay thing and you had no experience, like what was that like emotionally approaching a spinning piece of wood for the first time?
1: Well, I I think the toy only spun maybe six hundred RPMs, which I, I some may not understand. That's not a lot. I turned yeah. normally on about thirty two hundred RPMs is, is what okay. I normally. It's very fast. Um but it was scary at, at first. Um the hardest part was definitely the angle of the blade because it'll right. it, it catches very 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 easy and that is about the most scariest thing in the world <laughs> when when your blade catches that piece of wood. So, um we we pretty much just looked it up, looked a co- couple videos on YouTube, how to hold the tools, how to do it and and they weren't actually even real lathing tools, they were small mm-hmm. like whittling tools, little chisel whittling tools. So that was probably very unsafe to do. Um <laughs> but so
0: huh. That's really cool. So you you started on this like Mattel toy, plastic.
1: Lathe. Yes, it was plastic. Yeah, a
0: was plastic cool. lathe, which is a just like unbelievably sketchy. So yeah. anyone who has any lathing experience is yeah. probably yeah. like smacking their head right now, listening to this. Yep, and then um, no,
1: not using lathing tools—that's another one. They're they're probably like,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but when you were making your first kendama, this kind of like TK-16 design kendama, did you have a template? Like, I know very, very little about lathing. In high school, oh. I took one year of shop and I lathe the bowl. I think I still have it somewhere, but That's it's terrible. Awesome. That is- uh, but, but yeah, t- tell me a little bit about uh, the, the shape design of your very first kendama and how that actually came together. Did you have anything to go off or were you just like put a block of wood on there and you're like, I kind of know what this is going to look like. Pretty much, find
1: out. I had no idea how to make the slip stop. I had no idea how how to really do any of that. So, I mean, we had our Zoras, but that was it. Um, and I did have a caliber to, to measure the, the size of the cups and everything. And that that was really it, there was no template, nothing. Um, it was pretty much just look at it and, and, and put it on there and see how it looks and, and try to do our best to, to make it. It was a very squared off shape. Um, kind of like the Cobras were. Do you remember? Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Cobras, I have a couple how, Cobras. How their slip stop was was like almost like a square. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of what we went with because we were like, ah, we're you know we're not going to make it exactly like a you know a Azora, Let's let's try to you know make it our own. And so that that was pretty much the route we went with it. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you you started making kendamas. At what point did you come to the place where you're like, okay, we can start selling these to people, and and what was your first sale like?
1: That was, oh, that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I, you say
0: I, you say that like an old sage. I'd like oh, a yeah. long time ago. Long
1: time ago, Sonny. <laughs> um, no, it was uh, the first one. Our shape was very bad. I, I, I I'll admit it. Our our first shape was not. At the time, we were very happy with it, and it played. Uh, but there was so much that now I look back on and I'm like, there's so much wrong with that. But the first one, I believe I actually sold to my best friend's mom. I believe she was the very first one to buy one. Shout sure. out to the moms support, for the world supporting you know, always, small
0: businesses.
1: Always can rely on the moms for support. So that I, I, I do believe that was actually the very first, the very first condom And we had painted it, uh, the ball, we had painted it like uh it was like a yellow and there was like flowers and everything on it. And we yeah. had painted and And at that time, we we did not make our balls. We went and bought bass two-inch or two-and-a-half-inch balls or whatever they would be, 60, okay.
0: 60 millimeters. And that's what we were using. So they weren't the so bad. So you, you didn't actually turn your own Thomas back then?
1: No. Turning Thomas is actually – very difficult um it, it can be very oh, difficult. okay get into that
0: yeah 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 absolutely i want to know all about that as you yeah. dive in because there there's three parts of turning that go into economy you have your you're like the the serato you got the the ken and then you have the tama uh and all three of them i imagine are a totally different process or very, maybe at least a little bit different
1: different processes um i all i pretty much even use different tools to, to okay to make each each different one, um, so yeah, it, it's there. There's a lot, but I'm excited to explain it, and and, awesome. and I'm pumped to go through it.
0: I'm super stoked to to talk about that a little bit more. Um, let let's kind of wrap up this this narrative of your your story a bit. Um, I want to know at what point Evo Kendamas came into true existence, and where you started to realize like this is more than just a hobby that is selling kendamas to people's moms. When did you come to the place where you were like, all right? People um, are actually interested.
1: Well, my the first company I had started was actually Kendama Custom Creations.
0: Oh, I actually remember that name. Yes, yes. but I, I did not know that was you. Yes, oh no that, way!
1: That was us back in the day. That that was our very first one, um, and we went on with that for for a few years. And we we didn't sell you know a whole lot. We sold mainly to our close supporters, friends we knew. You know, uh, like uh, there was a couple people that really enjoyed our exotics because that's really what we started getting into was dealing with crazy exotics. Um, We Mm. were one of the first to turn lignum, um, the tree of life, uh, bocote. I mean, coca bolo, all that, and and that was that was a lot of fun. I think that's what really got us so interested in it was we wanted to try the different woods. We wanted to see what a can right. look like with this wood. What's it look like with this wood, you know, or what, what's that wood smell like? What's this one smell like? So
0: yeah. Were, were there specific woods that just like were terrible to work with? And what, yes. what were they?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, there, there, there's a few, like honestly, one of my least favorites is probably canary wood. Um, it's, okay. it, it's very yellow and bright, but it's to me, it smells like burning motor oil and it's, Pour it
0: <laughs> And I just
1: hate turning it because of the smell. So hmm. uh, I really this, have well, it play good. though. It's dense. It's a very dense wood, but I like it. it, it it's it, it is a very, very nice wood. It reminds me of. I, I really don't even know how to explain it. Uh, like a wenge almost it has like okay. a surface to it. But it, it's it's a beautiful wood. So I have worked with so many different kinds. Um, countless woods. So cool. that was that was the first company was uh, Kendama Custom Creations. We went on with that for a few years. Um, like I said, sold here and there. Uh, I tried, tried to do things differently and kind of realized that I think a lot of people were thrown off on trying to be so different and try to do things so differently. Because Kendama hadn't really made an impact yet on a lot of people for them to start thinking of different things. Well, maybe I would like it better with this or this. Hmm. So that was probably three or four years we went on with that. Uh and then I honestly fell off for a little bit. I didn't really I didn't really make a whole lot. Uh things got slow. I, I got different jobs and I just was busy. Um occasionally I'd have somebody, Hey, you still making? Can I make you know, can I get one made? And uh that was pretty much where everything started with the customs. Um was was, was pretty much with that. And then Evo come around and I said, You know what? I want to change things I want to rebrand sometimes rebranding is a good idea it it, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of puts totally you sometimes you
0: have to rebirth
1: it, it, it puts you back out there somebody new somebody different and and it just clicked evolution kendamas I said you know I, I want to evolve with things I want to you know evolve my process
0: mm-hmm.
1: what I can offer to people so evolution just felt right and 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 Boom, here I come with Evo kandamas. And
0: so and, and, and here we are, right? Yeah, like now, here we
1: are, yep.
0: And now Evo Kandamas is becoming a bit more of a household name within the Kendama community, or at least very much more recognized as yep. a custom hand-turned kandamas. Uh, you're you're doing some really unique work with the wood itself, and and especially now with this partnership with Pineapple, which is a, a fairly decent household name in the Kendama community, oh, absolutely. that definitely helps solidify the branding of Evo. Uh, to the point, in which, Like I realized, I needed to get an Evo Kendama and try it out, and so I'm super stoked to to have received my very first Evo Kendama, okay. custom made by by you. And this was just super exciting to receive in the mail. I've been setting it all weekend long, by trying to be delicate and careful with it. But man, I've been really stoked on this shape, especially for stalls. I hit, a, I hit, I've been hitting wings, and I never hit wings.
1: <laughs> I, that is one thing that I've always. I I don't know if a lot of remember, but kendama's back in the day tended to have very rounded cups
0: yeah
1: edges the edges were very rounded and i believe that that what yeah yeah no so and i believe that that was meant to obviously not make it so easy to do stalls but i really enjoy a chiseled shape of cups my my edges i like to be very prominent um and and that's kind of what i've always always went with and i felt that it has made stalls just so good. I've seen people do underbird stuff with my condoms, yeah. and I'm, I didn't even know that they could do that. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, honestly, it's awesome. It makes me super, super excited and and very, very happy to hear that. So,
0: yeah, I'm I'm really stoked on it. Uh, if you guys, those in the chat, those tuning in live. Definitely go check out what he's doing. DM him, ask him what it what the process is, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in the next 20 minutes here or so. Um, but definitely check it out. I highly do recommend it. It's a unique piece of wood uh, that you're going to get to put on your shelf and sash, and it'll for sure help you unlock some cool skull tricks. I hit a I hit a dope trick. I'm hopefully going to post up uh, this week with with the Evo that I hit yesterday. So I'm really stoked on it. Um, Kyle, uh, let's let's spend about five minutes here answering some of the questions that are coming in through the chat and some that were submitted ahead of time. Okay. Uh, if, if you're cool with that right now.
1: Awesome. I'm ready.
0: Okay. So pre, uh, the pre-launching the today, the preview, wow, can't use my words, uh, New Laced, uh, who also sent me out something really, really cool uh, this past week, he sent me out this, some, some uh, conditioner that is coffee scented. So shout out (laughs) to new laced and those of you in the chat that are part of coffee gang and love using conditioner on those beautiful specs, Uh, definitely go check him out. He has a coffee scented conditioner that just smells really, really nice, uh, that you can definitely slap onto your spectra cans or whatever can you want if you just want (laughs) to sniff some coffee all day long. Um, beard, he,
1: his product is incredible. I love his wax. So Yeah, it's
0: really good. Um, he asked a question. He asked, what's your favorite Spectra Ply colorway?
1: Oh, oh. Um, I've done pretty much every one of them. I would say they call it the gemwood is probably my favorite. And it is actually, I have a piece of it right here because I'm in the wood shop. It is orange, Blue, uh, purple, and uh, now I think you have. Is, is this the same one? No, that is the brown, orange, and gray. I think. Is, okay. Is, is yes. Uh, I got this, some blue.
0: I got some blue in here. Do you? Okay.
1: I honestly can't remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're turning so much. I make
1: so many of them, man. Um, but yeah, that's orange, uh, blue, purple, and light blue. That is probably my favorite. I'm a huge fan of blue. I love the orange in it. I oh. think it pops beautifully so that is probably my favorite one so
0: cool um shampoo and conditioner dylan asked uh what is your favorite dama
1: now is that i i mean is that
0: okay, maybe i'll i'll narrow down the question favorite ken shape outside of Ken damas
1: okay that's a good one um hmm probably the boost
0: the boost shape awesome
1: pro- 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 probably the Boost. one up would be next because i I like them to be a little thicker, and the one up is just, it fits so good in the hands. But Boost overall probably would be my, my next favorite.
0: Awesome. Uh, Haley Bischoff, uh, she asked, What gives you inspiration for design? And props to Haley. She also says, That Dama is beautiful. So shout out to you, Kyle, for making a Dama that attracts the attention of Haley Bischoff.
1: Thank you. That is so awesome. I really appreciate that. That's so, so awesome of her to say that. Um, oh, man. Really, I I try to do things that you honestly wouldn't think match very well. Um, I've noticed that when people will say, ah, just wing something for me. Just just put something together. I like bright colors or, or something like this. I will just sit there and look at the piles and vials of, of what I have and just think, you know what, those colors wouldn't naturally go together. Maybe they'll go awesome together in a condom. And that's honestly what I have noticed works best for me is just – I try to do outside of the box, uh, you know, I, I love that GT sticks with a lot of the the neutral colors, the like the greens and the grays and then like the ash Thomas, and, and they have really cemented that in into their, to their kendamas. And I think that's really cool. So I don't really want to do a whole lot of what others are, are trying mm-hmm. to do the same thing. And I like that about sweets. They did a lot of like the, the Crunch Berry and it was very, very different colors. Um that's pretty much what I stick with. I try to do things that I like a lot of stripes. I like when things have inlays and stripes into them. So that that really, that's pretty much where I get a lot of my inspiration from, so.
0: Cool, let's quick fire through about two or three more and then let's jump into the manufacturing conversation. Awesome. Uh, Steezy Wonder, or Steve from Analog if you know him, uh, he asked, can you replicate other shapes? Uh, is that even possible for you to like receive a Kendama and be like, all right, I can redesign this and do it myself?
1: Um. Yes, I, I can to an extent, but anything that is hand-turned will obviously never be exactly the same. And and I could turn four in a row and put all four together, and all the cup sizes would be the same. Everything would – they would look the same shape, but there's going to be minor minor differences in them. I don't use duplicators for, for my hand-turning. I don't – I think maybe a lot of people have figured that out, but – I don't believe in that i think that takes away from the hand-turned aspect of it and i like that i can turn two of the same kandamas, and this one could be like ah you know this one's just a little bit different right here and but it's the same exact shape same same cup sizes um i can make other companies shapes that's pretty much kind of what we did with the tropic xrs uh, right they took their template they changed it some they wanted it to be a little bit different than the the standard tropics so um. That's yes. I try not to do that, though. I have had many ask cool. me, "Oh, can you make a GT? Or can you make this? Can you?" Right. And I'm like, no, and and, I and I that's can. probably a little
0: taboo to do, anyway. So people, I I imagine companies wouldn't really want that necessarily, no, and, and unless not, unless they asked.
1: Exactly. Unless I get the approval from that. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to make or to take away from somebody else's comp. You know, somebody else's mm-hmm, shape, mm-hmm. especially these companies that have worked very hard. Yeah. For, for, for their shape and to get where they are, I'm I'm not gonna do that now. Maybe okay, I can add a swoop to something, but it, it I'm not gonna make it a GT swoop. It's not right. gonna be exactly. It'll be your same. own
0: thing. Cool. Exactly. All right, let's hit two more questions and then let's dive into the other conversations. There's so many questions. We're not gonna probably get through all of them, but we'll try and get through as many as we can. So quickly, uh, Kyle, do you hand turn every Evo yourself, or do you have a team?
1: I hand turn everyone.
0: Awesome. Uh, Everyone
1: that has ever been made has been hand turned by myself personally. I love that. Um, Yep. Uh, some of them I've, you know, I, I have sometimes friends help me package them and and I do have a group. Um, I am going to start expanding in that aspect, but when it comes to customs, it will be, it'll always be me. I will be the one making every custom.
0: Awesome. Uh, favorite hardwood to work with. Hardwood.
1: Oh, um,
0: and this is from Ken John
1: I really, really am a fan of Bokote. probably. I don't know if any of you've ever seen Bokote. Um, I it haven't. Is, it, it is a dense wood. It, it can get very dark. It can range from a brown to a red. It could have oranges in it. Um, cool. and it. It is just a beautiful wood. It's very dense, but it's strong. And it doesn't really have a whole lot of weight to it, I've noticed. And, and that's probably one of my favorites.
0: Cool, all right, last one real quick, and then let's dive into the manufacturing condo. Uh, from Takana Kendama from Ecuador asks, uh, what's the best experience you remember on your first event as EVO? Have you been to many events? As a I, I,
1: uh, not as, as EVO as the, uh, and, uh, as a whole. I have been to, excuse me, the last NKO as EVO, and then NACO, the last as, cool. as as EVO. Um, That's been it. But it has been uh, incredible. Each one. I've had so many people come up and like, dude, you're the guy that makes the kendamas. And and it's just it was an awesome experience. And the community is just is incredible support. So uh, it it is awesome. I love events. I want to start going to more. Obviously, COVID going on right now. It's it's a little tough, but um, I'm pumped to get things back on track.
0: Cool. That's awesome. Well, let's dive into a bit of manufacturing conversation. And I wanted to do this in a kind of cool way today. Because I recently just got my Evo like literally two days ago. I want to ask the, the long form question of saying, how did this Kendama come to life? From all the way to tree to what it is today. I want to know the breakdown of the process of how you build a Kendama.
1: Okay, well, um, I first, if somebody contacts me and asks me, I've had people just straight up say, "Hey, I'm interested in making a custom. What do I got to do?" So it's like, "All right, cool." Uh, pretty much, I just find out what what people are interested in. Uh, first, I try to see if you know if it's a spectra ply or if it's if it's a hardwood that they want or both. Uh, lots of times they're both, mm-hmm. uh, and then I ask them pretty much, "What what are you thinking? Do you have a certain colorway?" Have you noticed something of mine that you want to try to do the same of, like you want to replicate? Um, and when it comes to the wood, a lot of my wood is sourced from a Pittsburgh company. Actually, they're they are called Rockler Woodworking. Um, so any of the domestic wood I try to get U.S. Um, obviously cool. it's it's domestic, but I don't outsource really anything. Um, beach can sometimes be difficult to get, so beach sometimes has to be outsourced. Because what? Why is that?
0: I, seems I to be like them. one of the most common woods on kendamas
1: i haven't well and honestly I, that is because most kendamas are made overseas right and they're made
0: they're made in made china of, with hanrui right the, the beach And they is must have accessible. a supply chain there
1: this the beach is more accessible because it's usually european beach so right. um, that's yeah that that tends to be what it is but i will i will do my best to to get the best wood i will order multiple blanks of certain ones to make sure that i don't pick something that has a bad knot. Um, I've had wood blow up on me before from bad wood. So, um, and that that's thats pretty much it. I, I try to figure out what they want and then I go from there and I just throw a bunch of ideas at them and just say, okay, how about this? I've made this, I've made this, does this mm-hmm. work? So, um,
0: So yeah, so for my mine here, um, those of you that are tuning in via the Instagram live, uh, You can see it, but if you're tuning in from podcast, maybe just jump over to the video on my IGTV afterwards and you can take a look at what it looks like and I'll probably post some pictures up or a clip uh, here shortly. But what you designed for me here is really cool. And I really love the design for a couple of reasons. Uh, I have this maple ken uh, where, you know, the, the sword right down the middle, but with a ply base cup because I wanted to have that nice ply grain, that birch on the bottom birch. for the handle stalls and for the balance on the Tama itself. Absolutely. But then I got the ply cups as well for the stalls so that it would have a nice birch on birch grain. And then looking at my Tama here, I got a cool little uh, design here that I think you actually did some innovation on is I asked you to just like keep it whatever you wanted. All I asked for was the maple, maple Ken so that it would go in nice. Because I think I played one Evo before and if people don't know this, Birch on Birch is grippy as heck. Uh, it is Ball like playing with, it's so good. Um, but when you have Birch on Birch on a spike going into a, a Birch uh, bevel, oh man, sometimes I miss the spike on the easiest yeah. things because it would grip so much. So I was like, I want a maple and it, and it slaps. It's oh, so good. Absolutely so talk to me a little bit about uh, designing something custom like this because obviously these are different pieces that come together and it's all going on a lathe differently and you're working with different wood types like even in here on my tama there's the the like orange blue and gray spectra here but then there's the like blue light gray light blue on this one and then you have what is this beech or maple in here that's ash okay ash yeah, uh, and then another uh, and then another piece of spec at the bottom. Yep. Talk, talk me through what went into designing this specific shape and how that applies to your other shapes.
1: Um, the shape itself uh, has just taken forever. Um, it is uh, one tweak after another, I almost feel like I catch myself every condom I make. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna make this a little bit better right here. Like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make mm-hmm. that a little, more, a little bit more prominent. Um, but uh, it, there's just it, honestly, I, I, I think a lot of it is the tools and it is how I make them that that has gave me that shape. And I've gotten so custom to that shape. Now, I can make it almost with my eyes closed. And cool. and it, it's very quick. It's I love it. it I love the sharp edges of, of the, the slip stock. I like the prominent shapes. So that's pretty much where I got that.
0: Well, cool. for for putting woods together like this, is there a limit to what you can and can't do with that in terms of durability? Because that was one question that I was concerned about is like, when you're putting specs together, and you're layering woods on woods on woods, does it not like reduce the integrity and of the can or of the trauma?
1: Yes, um, there there's definitely a limit to an extent. I, I feel I've had a lot of people say, hey, could you add this whatever very 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 dense exotic wood to like spectreply and all spectreply is, is is birch.
0: It mm-hmm. is, it, it, it is, is this plywood right? It, it, well, like That's yeah, essentially what it is. Each,
1: each individual piece is just a very thin piece of birch, dyed, laminated together to make a block. Um, so birch is naturally a lot. For instance, purple heart. Purple heart is way denser, way heavier mm-hmm. than 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 ply. They could be glued together um but when it comes to doing things hand turned a lot of these ones that i think a lot of companies you have ever you've seen do they are machine made so anything done with a machine can be way more precise you know what i mean a lot less chipping a lot less blowouts or anything like that so i try to only stick with woods that i have very good experience with and i know glue very well like Ash, Ash and Spectraply just are like a match made in heaven. They are perfect. Beach is very good for that. Maple was good for that. Um, so that's pretty much, I, there is a limit, but I'm always willing to try new things. Um, as long as the customer is willing to, you know, to, hey, it's like, hey, if this blows up, I'm obviously going to cover it yeah wait time maybe a little bit longer because i've never done this before i don't know how this is going to work this is a learning experience for me too but i'm always willing to do it because that's how you always make magic and you make new things and
0: cool try so I, i'm curious you've obviously had a number of different unique requests come in what is the strangest request for a custom kendama that you've ever received
1: oh man uh Probably one that I made for uh, his his Instagram name is tweeting. His name is Jackson. And oh yeah, yeah. It is wild. The Tama has multiple different woods in it. Uh, it has Spectreply, Ash, Beach. Um, it, the, the the layers are crazy. It is by far probably the most insane custom that I have made to this date. Um, that's probably one of the wildest ones. Other than doing insane woods. Uh, that that's that's pretty much. Nobody's it. asked watching. you for a five cup, yet. No, surprisingly <laughs> not. Um, I, I've I've made a couple sumos for 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 a oh. few people. yep. Uh, I've made some sumo tamas and I I've made some jumbos. So that that's that's pretty much it. It's been pretty, cool. pretty much the same, and that that's good. I like that. I, I I think it's like you said, it's becoming more of a staple now. People are starting to understand more what I can do and, and such that, that makes the process a lot easier, but Hey, if anybody got anything crazy to make, let me know. I'm, I'm always willing to to try new things, man.
0: And, and I think that's the beauty of you working not on a CNC. So for those of you that uh, are, are not super familiar with how Kanoma manufacturing works, there's kind of like the, the main way that Kanomas are made is through an automated machine called the CNC where uh, it's programmable and it's basically a lathe that is automatic and it'll just follow a tracking and it'll shape it out really nicely. Um, but what then goes into that is if you want to change up the shape, you have to actually change up the coating and change up so much more in it. And so it makes it hard to do customizations to it. So uh, you actually have the flexibility to actually do exactly. customizations and try different things because it's not a coating. It's just a muscle thing. It's, it's yep. your eyes. It's your designs. It's everything is different every time. Which is Absolutely. kind of cool.
1: I've had um, people ask, you know, hey, can you do your shape? That you your hand turned shape, but could you make the spike a little bit thicker? Or could you make the base cup a little bit smaller or, or whatever? And that's the joy in it that I can do that and maintain the same shape. And, and each one is, is unique. And, and I hope everybody mm-hmm. realizes that everyone that they contact me about and get made is, is different and is unique. So everybody cool. gets something special. So that's why I do okay.
0: it. Okay, cool. I got two more questions that I, I kind of want to talk through in these last five minutes. And then we'll we'll go through a number of uh, questions from the, the viewers and the followers here in a second. Um, first off, uh, I want to know from you, what is most helpful for you when people want to order a Kendama? Uh What should they have prepared as they DM you?
1: I mean, it, it, it's, I've, I've gotten pretty good at, at figuring out and, and asking the right questions. My phone has actually now even started to program the questions into the, to the the auto text, so it's like oh, cool. it already, it automatically knows what I'm gonna ask because I've asked it so many times. So really, just have a have a good idea on maybe the shape, your size that you want, and and if and if you're going with a specter ply, colors or or and I like I like a lot of blues. I kind of want to stick with a blue color. It's like okay, cool. I can work with that. There's there's many different blues. I can throw different things together. Um, it, mm. It's nice though because a lot will just straight out tell me. Think of something, and and I want you to use your artistic abilities to it.
0: Or do you like that?
1: I love that. I I honestly I love that because then that that builds my experience. I think and that, and that gives me more ideas to do for when people say, "Hey, make something crazy for me." I'm like, "Oh, cool! I really like the way I did this tama for this guy. I can do something mm-hmm. like that, but then add it like with this Ken, but just change the colors up and that that really helps out a lot. I mean, pretty much just know cool. what you want. If, if you got a colorway you got figured out, let me know. Um, and that that's pretty much it, man.
0: So then along with that, um, what should people expect for cost? I imagine there's a variance depending on the types of wood and that and the depth of the ask that they're asking for is according to like your your domes are all custom is your pricing custom as well? Or do you have a flat rate that you charge?
1: I, I, I try to stick with a flat starting rate okay. is, is, is pretty much where I go with. I I don't try to to go ridiculously expensive with with my customs. Um, obviously, if it is called for, then I I I will. If the time takes more or the wood is very expensive or whatever, right. I have to, make, you know. Um, I obviously over the years I have had to raise my prices. Uh, the demand got a little bit higher. I started to get way more busier with it. So I basically. Mm-hmm. We'll say most of my domestic woods, if it's like a hardwood, like maple, solid maple, or like an ash or something, I usually start those around seventy-five for a setup. Okay, with, cool.
0: With, that, with the and top. in all reality, that's actually not that bad. I uh, like I, for, I, for, for I a custom. I think people would have assumed that would have been more.
1: Oh yeah, now and that's that's more of like it's okay. I want a a a maple Ken with a uh, an ash Tama with a maple Wait. type. Or something. You know, I, I will start those more lower because they're domestic woods. They're not they're not as expensive. They're easier for me to get and everything. Um most of my spectroply customs I will start at ninety. So cool. and 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 then they go up from there. And and that's just all depends on, you know, how many layers. If I have five different spectroply colors in it, you know, that's five, yeah. different, you, five different blocks, blocks of wood. Yep. So uh, of course that will that will raise the price, but um usually they're I, I pretty much am ninety to a hundred dollars. I mean right right around in that range. I don't really like to go any higher than that. Um, I try to keep them pretty consistent. So that's that's pretty much where I'm at.
0: Cool, that's awesome. Uh, last question for for me, and then we'll jump into some fan questions here. Uh, I want to know a little bit about the Evo Pineapple partnership and if you're hoping to do more of that kind of work in the future, doing some standardized partnerships and are you looking to collab with other brands or are you exclusive Pineapple now?
1: No, I I, I don't. I wouldn't say that I am exclusive Pineapple. Um, obviously, anything me and Pineapple do is exclusive only between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I I, mean, I am only one person. So it, it, it can get, it, it, you know, if somebody hit me up and said, hey, I want to make, I want to make a hundred hand turns. I'm going to be like, listen, that's, that, that's, that's a lot of time because I also don't want to fully take away from the ability to get custom orders. Uh, I, I think a lot of people, they, they like that. They they like being able to custom something and, and I don't want to take away from that. If I have to stop that for a week, that's not really that bad. But if it gets to the point where I have to stop it for two or three weeks, it, it it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. I'm always willing to work with more. Um, um, I think most, all companies in the community are great. I'm willing to do anything with any of them and, and anything cool. to help bring stuff to the community is pretty much what I what I want to do. You know? It, Super it, cool. Yeah.
0: We might have to get a brew view, Kendama hey, hand turn custom set.
1: <laughs> let's do it. I- I'm <laughs> That'd ready. be
0: awesome. Um, okay, let's jump into some Q&A here at the end and we'll wrap up dude. Thank you so much. This has been so cool and insightful for me because I know nothing about hand turning. I I'm super educated about where where you would even get wood from. And it's been cool to hear that story, uh, to kind of know the journey that this can took to get to my house. Uh, and now, you know, just the value that it brings by being hand-turned, by it being custom. The whole experience from my first DM with you to receiving the package was very personable. It was intimate. It wasn't like me ordering through a Shopify store and, and receiving it with like tracking and like the customized email templates and stuff. It was like, no man, I'm doing this for you. It was really cool. I really um, okay. that.
1: and that, that's what i do i do it for the love man I, i've had a lot of people say hey why don't you charge more you know you 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 can it, it's just that's not what i'm in it for man I, I i love what i do i love the the joy that people get when they, they receive something that they designed and then i make it i bring it to fruition i, I think that that is just incredible and that's why i do what i do so
0: Go cool cool all right. Uh, a couple of questions coming in. Uh, one from Matt Zanoni from Artemis Kandamas. He asked, how long does it typically take you to hand turn a Dama? Kind of a short answer, but
1: it probably um, depends. It 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 really, really does. I mean, if you include, I mean, gluing in, 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 in dry time and set time, it it can take days. I mean, to, to to make something depending on what it is, if I have to glue it in sections and that to make sure that it's right and it's glued properly. Um, it it, it it could take some take some time Um, the turning process I have, I have really gotten a lot better at obviously I mean that that just that comes with, it comes with an experience. Um, but it, it, it could take a few hours. So well, cool. it def- definitely
0: can uh, Brett Walters or Boston W on Instagram asked, What is the relationship between Evo and Dama on is there a relationship there because I don't know
1: um we me, and mac have have been friends for a while we've known each other for a long time and back when we first joined uh I'm not a lot sure if a lot of people know that we did join at one time. it was more of a company just helping each other out like you know he he would do some shirts for me and 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 he would help support me and I would support him and and it did become more become more of a partnership and everything and then just things changed we we started to wanted to go in different directions and we decided, hey, you know, we'll just we'll separate, and that's pretty much pretty. We still chat. I mean, I still support. I still buy from them. I, I obviously will support their kens. So that absolutely. That that's pretty much it.
0: Friendship. Awesome. Uh, we stuck at Kendama, Florida. Asked. <laughs> that's such a funny name. Um, I, love, I love it. I what love do you, it. what do you do with all your beautiful spectreply wood chip shavings?
1: Um, that's a really good question. I used to every custom. I would have a little baggie of the Spectra plies that came from that custom, and I'd put it in like a little little baggie, and I would throw that in with the package, and, and I would give it to to the, the to the customer. You know, it's a little like ah, cool. This was you know, this was the shavings that come from this kendama, and and mm-hmm. so uh, now I I've gotten so busy that I'm just I'm constantly doing things that it, I pretty much just uh, I burn it. <laughs> because it is, cool. it is, it's it's spectra ply so it is technically toxic it has glues in it it has dyes sure. in it. so i can't you know throw it on a garden or or, or anything like right. that so i i try to just just burn it just just get rid of it and burn it that cool. way a lot of like the maples the shavings i will keep because i do have friends that have gardens that will use it for their yards and everything like that so that's cool. where that goes
0: all right, one or two more questions here, and then we'll wrap wrap this up. This has been an awesome, awesome episode. I've been a thrilled the whole way through. I've learned way more than I ever would have expected. I would have learned about wood turning and kendamas. So this is awesome. Uh, shampoo and conditioner. Dylan asks, uh, "Do you want to woodwork for the rest of your life and make custom domes forever?"
1: Um. Yeah, I I I honestly would would love to to be able to be that. Obviously, I work a full time job. I'm I'm pretty sure every, even most of the kendama owners out there, they they work full time jobs. Um, but I I honestly would love to even if it wasn't just kendamas. I mean, like like he asked in the question, just woodworking. I would love to to have a a nice big shop that I can just make anything and do all kinds of custom work. I, I would love to. I, I'm fascinated with it. I would love to do it.
0: Cool. All right. Last two questions. These ones are both kind of quick. Uh, Peaches and Cream, my homie from here in Alberta, asked, how do I become as cool as you? Now, I think um, he's, he's asking, asking this question. I'll give him a quick answer. Cream. first off, you need to start drinking coffee. That'll help. Um, but I'll let Kyle <laughs> answer part two of that question.
1: That is definitely a good one. I, I I don't know how to answer that question because I, I mean I I'm I'm flattered I guess but I, it's, I I I I really don't sorry I don't know how to answer that I, that's
0: start that's start turning dhammas start a company and drink more coffee that's how you do it another guy from Canada last question we'll ask uh, and then we'll we'll wrap things up here Jay take dhamma he asked on the topic of a brew view dhamma uh, is there a coffee scented wood
1: no i i wouldn't say more of, of a coffee scented wood i think that would be i was just giving i think that would be a perfect opportunity to to, to contact lace Kandamas because he, he has coffee scented uh and, and his scents are incredible um his wax does not leave a lot of of, of residue behind so i think that is perfect and that would be your coffee scented kendama right there any wood absolutely anything you want to just rub that on there and boom it's coffee scented
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Go and send new underscore lace to DM. Let them know I sent you over there and go pick up some Kanama wax for your Absolutely. beautiful Kens and make them smell like coffee. Uh, you'll love it. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in, Kyle. Thank this has been a thrill for me. Uh, I think it's been really educational for our audience, for our listeners. I think it'll help uh, people understand a little bit more of what goes into hand turning, and just see the value and the respect that I, that is deserved and earned from doing such a such an honorable work within the Kanama community. So, thank you so much for what you do. Uh, thank you for doing custom Kanomas. I think it's a really unique offering. Thank you for this beautiful Ken that I received. I'm going to be playing this a lot in the next little bit, uh, and you can you can probably expect to see it up on up on this shelf behind me throughout the episodes uh, in the awesome. future. Uh, and, and i also yeah.
1: uh just just i forgot to mention i will um i supply update picks in a lot of video for for the process so if somebody actually wants to see their tama being made i will film it and i can film using the tool and in, in making the toma so they can actually see their actual kandama being made so i will so do cool. that as, just as a heads up so
0: That's awesome. So, guys, make sure you shoot him a DM if you want a custom made. Uh, Kyle's a great guy. Shoot him a DM just to let him know that you appreciated him on the episode today. Uh, Also, for those of you that are tuning in live, make sure you share this afterwards so other people can listen in and get more info on Evo Condolness and what they're doing in the world. Um, This will be uploaded onto Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify afterwards, too. Um, I have a huge ask of those of you that are tuning in. Um, I want to see more people getting into Kanama. I want to see more people uh, getting in touch with the review. And one way to do that is by jumping on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribing, uh, giving it a rating, and leaving a review. That works with the Apple Podcasts algorithm to help boost the podcast to the front page of hobbies and skill toys and games, which ultimately brings more people to kendama so Absolutely. if you love the I, show even if you don't love it go rate it let me know i want to know what i can be doing better uh, but jump on there give it a review give it a rating and let me know what you want to see out of the review in the future last thing i'll say uh next week up we have kevin p martin from quill kendama's joining <laughs> on saturday at 1 p.m eastern yeah. uh, so we're going to be talking about what they're doing in the world He's which on. is some unique stuff too they're working with a whole bunch of different uh designs i and love they, it. they yeah it's awesome and they're doing custom wood engraving so we'll get to hear a little bit more of what goes into that process so thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the review i hope your cup is still full and if it's not go fill it up again and as always stay caffeinated guys thanks for coming kyle and nice, i'll well, see you, you and i'll see the rest of you guys next week see bye you. for now learned a lot about condominues and culture and you learned something about someone in the community that you didn't know before and at the end of the day i hope this inspires you to have a deeper conversation behind this silly game we play called kendama as always i hope to see you next week and stay caffeinated